But Brian, people know how many Disney songs you know by heart. Listen, I listen to it every day in the car. Don't even. This is before kids, though. In college, you knew a lot of well, Disney songs. Well, there's new ones now, and I also know them. <laughs> okay. Just making sure that people know your, your wide range of talents. You're not just a hockey guy. You're listening to One Time All-Stars, hosted by Brian Boyle and Corey Schneider. I've had multiple people who don't even play hockey text me about the Corey Perry thing. I walked into men's league last night at eight 45, 9 PM game. I walked into my house at 2 AM and I didn't leave the rink. That's a different story. God, it's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. And one of the kids I grew up playing baseball and hockey with a little bit from hanging out goes, Hey, Hey Boyle, what? Uh, and I go, it's not true. And then everyone like bursts out laughing. I, I have like a, I have a huge issue with how the social media took off on this. And oh, it's the worst. Nothing was said because of the legalities from Chicago side. But right, can we have common sense here and be like, this is absolute crap, and people spreading this are filthy. You're disgusting, pig. If you feel if you and like Aves did it on his podcast, and he's getting clicks. Whatever. It's just. This is a family. The kid's going to do a lot of great things for the league, and they're spreading this filthy rumor. Go pound sand. It's a, it's a small minority of the Twitter X universe, we're going to call it, who wields an unusual amount of power because they just say stuff in an echo chamber to each other, and then it becomes yeah. truth. And it's but then it's all up on your feed with the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. I follow and hockey, and it's like, my mother-in-law sent me a clip on it, and I'm like, you believe this shit? I'm so mad about it. It makes me nuts. It's frustrating. It, and it's, it's, it, uh, the kids got enough to worry about already. It's like, this is, this is what we're going to do to them. We're going to just, I don't know, for funds, for shits and gigs, we're going to get clicks and bury somebody. It's like, that's not know. that far away from our kid's age, right? Where he is. Yeah. 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 It's 10 years. Yeah. And um, he's hunky dory and they're losing and he's going to be the savior. And it's like, boom, this is how gross this league is. And it can be. Or the the fans, and so it, you're right. It's not a lot of them, but no. But it's like the worst. PG, but you you suck. Yeah, people that wrote that and you spread know, that and make yeah. jokes about that. Go, you know what? You're 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 the worst. Give your yeah, head a shake. Go look in the mirror. You suck. You suck. Go, I, that's the thing. It's I don't get. It's like I understand. Like I've talked about before. I understand the need for social media or the desire for it and why people do it. I just I don't get. It. In my spare time, like I have nothing better to do than go start and comment and do shit like that. It's like, who cares? Like, yes, I'm opinionated. Yes, I'm passionate about things. But like, the last thing I want to do is go on the internet and argue with people randomly and anonymously. They're like, mutants. They're mutants. That's what I mean. Like, if you go search yourself right now and go read all the things that have been said about you in your career, like I said, I, have you ever met a person who said it to your face? No, because they can hide behind a oh, keyboard gosh. or a phone and just. Everyone's tough when they when they sit behind a keyboard and don't have to actually address people. No, but it's not even eyes. that. It's not so tough. They're like insensitive. Insensitive, right? Exactly. And then you're banging the drum on, and whenever whenever anything else comes up, you're banging the drum on like the next fad thing that we have to like put flags out in our yard, do this and that. And when it comes down to it, you'll you'll carve anybody to try yeah. and make a joke that won't get you anything. Like the people everyone's, are so fake and full of crap. It's just pathetic. You're pathetic. Everyone that wrote that is pathetic. Yeah. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Like I'll never deny somebody their own opinion. This is America. But when you just like, 
I usually give my opinion when I'm asked, except for this podcast. So people can choose to listen to this podcast or not, right? Like you can either choose to listen to it or you don't listen to it. So if you want to hear what I have to say, then don't listen. I generally have never expressed my opinion unless somebody asked me directly what I think about it because nobody really cares what I have to say, honestly. Like, you know, if you ask me or we get into a discussion, I'll give it to you. I'll try to be cool about it and see your side of it and have a logical discussion. I think today, Civil, like civility is nice. Right. And again, you're entitled to your own opinion. That's that's what this country is based upon. But when you just espouse it on the internet 24-7 and you just, I don't know, I just never understood that. I never understood people knowing what I'm doing all the time. Like, I don't get, I don't get that side of it. Like, here's what I'm up to. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm thinking. It's like, nobody cares what I'm doing or thinking. I just keep that shit to myself because... Who cares? Like nobody. Like I don't want yeah. people knowing what I'm doing. I don't want people like knowing Insta- what I'm thinking. I like, all the time. The, uh, I like the Instagram, like seeing people's families and kids getting older. Sure. And they can't see a lot of. I, I do right. like that. Yeah, I do um, too. It keeps us connected. And I'll, and I'll I'll comment about hockey because it's our job to comment about hockey a little bit. So I'll, I'll throw. I don't do a lot, but man, that is just it's so disgusting to me because. It's punching down no matter what. If you think something happened, you know, this is going to be hurtful. And I know it, and I'm going to say it. And I think a couple of people might laugh at it. You're the worst. You're the worst. You're scumbag. You're disgusting. You're a useless person in this world. I heard the analogy that X or Twitter or whatever is like society. And you're walking down the street and you see a big pile of dog crap on the sidewalk. And most people either step around it or they pick it up and throw it away. And then Twitter is where like you pick it up and you just throw it back and forth at each other for no real reason. Just like, can we all just move along with our days? Can we just like, just keep like, let's just keep moving on with our days. Like, yes, it's an issue. Let's just address it and put it away or just avoid it or, you know, whatever. But Twitter, it's just like, no, we're going to throw shit at each other for the rest of the day and just get mad for no reason. I don't get it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just, you know, it is what it is now. It's the cats out of the bag or the worms are, Everywhere the can is open. Um, yes, just a poor family. And you know, a, a guy so, made a mistake. Obviously, he did the wrong thing. There's a power dynamic where Chicago had to do a certain protocol because of what has happened in their past transgressions where they've missed the mark clearly. And that waiting game is just kind of the reason the fire was fueled because nothing was said. <laughs> And I get right. it. it is the, the lawyers are telling them you can't say anything here. I don't know. It's uh, it's not uh, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, Van, they kind of got to do something, right? Because they got off that hot start, and they got to. I don't know. They're sort of listless, right? So they got to make a move to. I think that's a good move for them because they need to defend. They don't defend very well, mm-hmm. even while they're playing well. So I think. That not that Zadorov's an elite player, but he's good for he's like their Luke Shen when they lost Shen this year. He's basically like the left-handed Luke Shen for them that can like stabilize the back end and help him keep the puck out of the net. So I think that's more what they need than another. Yeah, but Shen keeps it simple. He scored a lot of goals. He has a lot of ability, but uh, it's a good trade because he doesn't it fits in and he can be a surprised weapon. I'm surprised, like not that he's going to get you the world, but. They moved him pretty quickly for a third and a fifth. And the third is in like, what, a couple of years? Is that what they got back for him? Um, let me see here. Yeah. Apologies. I didn't see the years yeah, they when they got, got him. A, I know it was a fifth and got a third. A, I thought the third was later. Fifth, they got a fifth this year and a 2026 third round pick. So like that what could be something. It? If, it's uh, 2023 at the moment, Brad. Um, year of our Lord. And um, 
I just, you know, wouldn't you rather like a second when you were like, put, maybe it wasn't there. Obviously the offer wasn't there. That's why they moved him. But it just seems pretty quick. You know, don't at the deadline, don't you think they can get a second for him unless they're planning other moves or they're trying to like just do this now and figure it out. But it just seemed a little light for a guy who'd probably be in demand to get a third round. The fifth rounder is like, whatever, that's a toss in. But the third rounder two years out is sort of negligent in my opinion. I don't know. Hopefully there's, there's a third rounder. Maybe we got two picks for him. I hate that. He demanded a trade. <laughs> that's true. They probably know leverage too, because everyone knew he wanted out. So they probably just took what they can get and just cut bait if they want to malcontent in the locker room. Uh, that's the thing too. Is it make it? Is it do more <clears throat> harm than good? Right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, hey, I was you, know, you, don't give, you don't give away two picks either. Two picks or no, two picks, man. Six hundred fifty million. Six hundred fifty million for the Seattle Kraken to get seven draft picks. <laughs> when you put it that way, I suppose you're right. I'm pretty certain I unplugged my clock and it's still going off right now. I literally took the face off the clock so it wouldn't chime during this. And it, there it goes. That's why I think it's haunted. It's like Phoebe's. Um, Phoebe. Don't throw friends at me. Yeah, Don't throw friends at me right now. Maybe the listeners want to hear it. I don't. You can do it for them. It's not for me. It's like Phoebe's fire alarm. Don't get it. Phoebe Buffet sure it's, friends. She heard fire alarm sure. wouldn't stop going on. I'm sure it's funny. Um but yeah, it was a good one. To... She was in her apartment in New York and uh, it just wouldn't stop beeping. Uh, I literally was proactive in taking the face of my clock off so it wouldn't chime and it still chimes. So um, it's like a 1600s, like Swedish antique clock. So I'm pretty sure it's haunted by a little uh, Swedish not, girl. So. Not a big deal. Now I'm looking at my shoulder. I got cats and clocks. I'm Why do you think them. the face makes the noise though, Corey? The chimes are in it. I just, I just thought if the clock wasn't on the, the thing, it wouldn't know what time it was. Jill, turn that clock off, will you? She can't hear me. Oh, there she is. She can't hear me. Right? Take the battery up. It's a sixteen hundreds battery. Yeah. It's not Duracell a was around clock. back then. It was the face? What else have you been lying to us about? Oh, she might have cracked the code there. I think the face is what was chiming the entire time. It's not the actual clock that's been chiming. Anyways. Dude. You just said that. What did you say? It was a Norwegian or Swedish clock, Swedish 1600s, yeah. and it has a double, yeah. it has a D battery in the back from Duracell. I don't believe you. Uh, I don't either. It's I don't know. Our designer got it and paid for, or you know, we got it through. His, I, don't, I just stay out of that stuff. I just, I just write the checks. Are you realizing now? You <laughs> just can't explain anything to you. Um. I wanted to bring something else up, though, in terms of defense moving. I just saw a report from Darren Dreger, who said that the Islanders are interested in Noah Hannafin. Yeah, that'll work. That'll oh, make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. But what are they going to give up? Like, what are they, more picks? I guess more picks, a third and a fifth. <laughs> Maybe some, I don't know, guys with seven years left on their deal. They have like eight of them. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be great there. I think it'd be a good fit. I just don't know how, you know. And I never trust any Islanders rumors because Lou never lets anything slip out. So I just, I don't know. Even when I got traded, I think well, he, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen now. Well, no. So the that story I heard too reported. was that when I got traded to right? the Devils, that he, the deal was done the night before, but he swore Vancouver to secrecy that if they let anything sneak out about it, because the draft was in Jersey that year, so he wanted to surprise the fan base. But that if you know Vancouver, because he knew only he knew, so if it came out, it was going to be on Van's side. And that he told Van, if it gets out, we're canceling the trade. It's not going to happen. So I don't know what that means or doesn't mean in 2023 because that was 10 years ago, but I assume Lou's still kind of doing Lou. Yeah. He's a, I mean, a man of his own convictions where he has a way of business and he 
I don't think he's gonna he's gonna move off of those now. <laughs> he, yeah. So when it's reported, I don't know. Maybe he wants uh, to drum up interest. I don't know. He plays a different game. He's a, obviously brilliant, but they need work. Yeah, they uh they blew another lead the other night. They're up four two against the Devils and then lost in the third period with thirty seconds left. And the like, leads they've blown. Uh it's a gut punch. The leads they've blown. It's un, it's so uncharacteristic for them too, because like their structure and their defense is like their calling card. So it's just I'm surprised by it because uh I know how they play, I know how they think, I know how they want to play, and it just is like unbefitting, unbecoming even to the style of play. So I'm just trying to make sense of it. I don't know what the I mean, Highlanders are in purgatory, man. I feel like they've been in purgatory. It's like they think like two years or three years ago, like they're that same team, so they're gonna be the same team. It's that no, like if everybody gets five percent worse, that's a lot. I mean, they're pot committed for better or for worse. Like they've committed to this group and uh, you know, it's Some up to of them. Those deals so. don't make any sense. They didn't yeah. at the time. Yeah. I mean, again, it's they're what they're one of those teams that like you don't want to see in the playoffs. They just gotta get to the playoffs. So they can get that's in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that is true. That's true. But <clears throat> to our point about defense and our, our theme, it should be called the Defense First podcast. Um, they do know how to do that, and that's what they want to do, and they know that's how they should win. So I think yeah. But it, again, it's hard to do for eighty two games. It's hard to grind it out and play that way. That so long. it's probably it's probably like if you're ranking like one through thirty two in terms of interest in defense. Yeah, yeah. It's got to go Edmonton. And then there's, you know, 30 teams and then there's the Islanders, <laughs> right? Has to be. Yeah. I'm trying. Well, because even Boston versa, or whatever, I mean, whatever, vice versa. Even Boston, who's a defensive team is still exciting, can score and they have game breakers like Pasternak and Marshan and, you know, they had Burrs run, obviously. So, yeah, the Isles are just, um, they have the guys, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm trying to figure it out. and. You know, again, I'm biased because I, I like the guys there and I like the organization. So I want them to succeed um, and I want them to win. So when they lose games like that, well, yeah, you work, like, ah. you, you, you work well, for him. You work well. I'm not trying to put you I on work, the spot. I work for the Madison Square Garden Company, just like you, you know? Um, but yeah, well, it's, I mean, uh, I work. Try, come on. Let's, yeah. come on. I work for I try to figure it out because I'm I'm so biased towards Sorokin and, and Varley. I think they're unbelievable goalies. So it's like, yeah, you know, they're good. You got, you, you got these studs in the net and, you know, just make their life a little bit easier and they'll find a way to win. And I, again, when they're on, they're on, like they grounded out last year and down the stretch, like they won a lot of big close games and they're comfortable in those positions. They don't mind playing. Starts were game. awful though. Just, What's that? Starts have been brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the good thing is the East is kind of still hasn't quite separated yet. Like they're still finding footing. So I think that's their saving grace right now is they can still get hot at the right time and be right back in the mix. Yeah. I got to cook some oh. bench right now. He's already got a touchdown. I got to win this game. Well, so like right now, the Isles are winning four to three with four minutes left in the third, and they've got fourteen shots on goal, and the Hurricanes have thirty-seven. Dude, that's path- so like that's not it's, sustainable. It's entertainment too, still, right? Yeah, because Varley's probably standing on his head right now. Um, but you can't. It's a hard way to make a living. You know, it's a tough. How way are to, they? How are they splitting up those games? Uh. Well, Smarley was hot to start the year. He had a couple shutouts early on. So Soroki gets like two to two out of three, I would say. And uh, even Soroki, like his numbers aren't ideal for what he is. But watching the games it's, as a goalie, I'm like, he's kind of, he'll make like six, 10 bell saves and then 
give up four because it ping pongs and off a guy skating in even the game winner in Jersey of the night with 30 seconds left, the guy threw it in front and hit the D man's toe cap and went in. It's like, all right, but he makes some unbelievable saves too. So it's kind of like, he's, you know, he's, he, he's not happy with how he's playing. I talked to him when I saw him in Washington, he's so hard himself. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm no good at hockey. I'm like, Soroki, you're sick at hockey. Like, stop it. And he's like, no, no. Yeah, he's like, I just, just not very good. I'm like, okay, buddy. Like, I know it seems bad right now, but you'll be fine. Just keep playing with the way you're playing, and they'll figure it out in front of you, and, and you'll be all right. They believe in you. Um, but he's so talented, man. So, like, again, he's he makes some unbelievable saves every night to keep the game where it is, and then eventually the, the dam just breaks, or they just give a bad goal at a bad time. It's just their situational hockey is not what it usually is. They're it's it's they're not getting blown out. They're barely losing games by more than one goal ever. It's more just like their situational hockey has just not been very good and they just give up leads and give up goals or take penalties at bad times. And that's what's been killing them. So um, very uncharacteristic of uh, the Isles who, you know, I really enjoy. So I said it. I'm not going to ask you why, what you enjoy about them, but <laughs> Anders Lee had a uh, situation last game. The fight? Yeah. Got I thought it was bloody. a bad hit. I, I thought it was a bad hit. Is that just me? Yeah. I'm... Brendan Smith kind of stepped up on him and went like shoulder to head. Like the first thing he hit was his face. And again, I, you know, I'm all for hits and big hits, but like. How does he skate though? How does he, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's the hard part for me because, yeah, I don't like that either. And like, you can't hit the head first, but like if you're out here with your, you know, with your chin and you skate leaning forward and you don't see a guy, you're going to take it in the face. And that's not up to the other guy. That's up to the player who has the puck true yeah the shoulders down yeah, and, and it clips your head it's like i can't miss your head and try and get a piece of you right. if that i don't know but but i thought Lizzie went about the right way he came back and tried he'll to find a way him. to get he'll find a way to get 28 goals again he will he always gets yeah he's goals. too he's too good in front of that and getting picking up the trash in front like he's he's really yeah. good about that is he getting chances uh i i mean i think for a while he wasn't getting as many because he's kind of getting he was getting shuffled around he's going to the third line the first line Second power play, they're kind of moving him around. So I think that Horvat you know, trade bumps him down. Right. Exactly. So I think um, they're trying to find the right combinations, but he settled back in now on the top line and he's gotten a couple of goals in the last few games. So I think he's getting back on track. But um, yeah, man, he, dude, he, in, ter- in terms of toughest net front people in the league that I've ever played against, like he's, he's insanely strong. Top, top five, top 10 guys who stands in front of you and you just hate him, Simmer, Wayne Simmons. Um, you you were hard too. I I hated when you were in front of me. Not trying to pump your tires, but you're just so yeah, I mean, big. It wasn't even talent. It was just the god yeah, god given. You're so uh, big size. Yeah, <clears throat> you were up yeah. there um, when they threw buff in front of me. I'm large. Um, it, yeah, there's a handful of guys who just like hate being in front of you. Crides is actually a really good one because he's good at tipping pucks and he's good at screening. Um, so yeah, there's a number of guys who are, are elite net front guys, and Lizzie was. Mm-hmm top like top five in that list for a while there because i hated when he stood in front of me in the power play just made my life so much harder so you know i don't know if the game's gone away from that a little bit like the net front presence but he's good at it so if they get back to that he'll he'll be fine speaking of games tonight the minnesota wild with a new head coach uh-huh. are up five zero on the predators in their first game with a new New coach John Hines. Um, oh man, you, yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. You, thoughts, Brian. Now, Heinze is a safe pick for Billy G. 
I wouldn't disagree with that. He knows them. No, they know each other. Right? Yeah. From Wilkes and, yeah, yeah, Wilkes and USA Hockey. Heinze's extremely detailed and structured. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and it's BCBU, but whatever. You know, <laughs> Billy was a light BC guy. He played like a semester at BC. <laughs> I thought it was two years. Was he just one? Was it was it two years? Yeah. I think it was a pretty quick spin, yeah. but irregardless. He's from Wilbraham. He's from Wilbraham, Mass, which I haven't heard of and I forget about it until we talk about him. I've never been. I'm sure it's lovely. He uh you know, he he did well down the stretch last year and Heinze did. And I don't I don't ever like writing coaches off because I look at like a guy like Mike Sullivan who, you know, rose the ranks really quick in yeah. Boston and was excellent and kind of lost the room, I guess, because half the team he played with in Boston. Right. And then he didn't get another job for a decade. And he, you know, he, or maybe more than that, actually. You know, it's probably like 10 years. So he hitched his yeah, wagon it was, to Torch. Yeah. And, and he did great things at Torch. We rebuilt New York. We were in playoff rounds and we're in the mix. They went to went to Van, had that one bad year. He had to go back to the American League. Yeah. Because they had that one bad year in Van. And it's like so much is luck. So I think Sully's the best coach I've ever had. I think Torch is right there with him. And, he, and, and I think Sully will tell you that he learned a lot from, from Torch. And Sully has said, I yeah. think Torch is the best coach in the league. He said that to me before. So I was very lucky to have those two. Yeah. And I, I get like, you can't just not give a guy another chance because it didn't work out at the last place. I just, as a, as a human being, as a, his approach to hockey, I love everything about it. And I love about how he can separate. He's very intense and passionate and, you know, it demands a lot, but he can separate it. And maybe it's yeah. because my situation when I was playing under John Hines was extreme. But it was never a doubt or never a question. And he still coached me and it was it was a great respect there. And then I just the second year I didn't really and that could have been me too. I might have been exhausted from what was happening in my life with my son, all this thing. And it ran its course, but I, I I have no bad words to say about John Hines. I just worry about if he develops a team, brings team up, has great players, how are they gonna how's he gonna handle them when they have success? Because yeah. he is a good motivator and he gets guys, he breaks them down and, and gets rid of a lot of egos. So you really bring that team together, which is a really hard skill to do in the National Hockey League. And Torch does, it really, Torch does it really well too. But then you got to empower your stars because your stars need to make a difference. We've seen it with Carolina every year. If they don't have the superstar, they don't get over the hump. Like that was my biggest critique with them. They all buy in. Rod has his own way of doing things, but like, can Heinze do that? That's what I hope he as can figure out because they got rid of all their superstar players or quote unquote, like high money right. guys in Nashville. And these young kids came in and played unbelievable. Like right. don't stifle it. That's, that's my worry. Now in Minnesota, they have a horrific cap situation because they bit the bullet and bought out two guys. I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to. Spin this out this problem. There, yeah. There's no structure. So maybe he just says, you got to, you got to actually, you really have to commit to one thing. And then he, he cause he can do that and yeah, he'll make them defend. Absolutely. We've talked about that in other, other episodes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I had Heinz for a long time in Jersey. Um, I respect him. I, I keep saying, I think he's one of the best hockey minds I've been around. Like he knows what he wants to say to you. He expresses it very clearly, very detailed. 
There's no gray area. It's black and white. Hey, if this happens, then do that. If this happens, then do that. Here's what you need to do. It's very Belichick almost like do your job. This mm-hmm. is your job. That's your job. That's your job. And if you do that, you don't do that. You're going to screw your buddy. And now he's got to do it. And now we're in Mayday. And some of those Jersey teams we had were lacking in talent. So I think, I think yeah. it almost thrives in that, like building up guys who aren't as talented and empowering them and rewarding guys who work hard. But to your point, when he gets the superstar or the uber skilled guy or the unicorn, you know, how is he going to coach him? Is he going to let him, you know, Taylor Hall won an MVP under yeah. John Hines. Taylor but Hall needed John Hines at that point. He needed John though. Hines, exactly. Because I think Halsey was kind of doing his thing and Hines was like, hey, how good do you want to be? Like, here's what I need yeah. out of you. And I think he was one of the first guys to ever kind of confront Halsey or tell him things he hadn't heard before. So I think in that respect, he's great. Um, I think for Minnesota right now with their defensive deficiencies and their penalty killing issues, like he will be a good quick fix for them. He'll get them yeah. to buy and he'll get them to defend. He'll get them to, you know, trust the process and the culture. I'm just wondering if like, he's the long-term solution. Like, Hey, can I get them over the hump at the end of the day? I think for now he'll make a huge positive impact. And he'll get guys to not not scare him, but he'll he'll tell guys what they need to hear and get them to buy in quickly. And again, I think he's a great communicator, he's a great motivator. Like I've never been more fired up by a coach than from Heinze at times because the way he mm-hmm. says things and the way he presents it, it's like you're like you're about to run through. And I never had Torts. I didn't play for Torts or Sully. So, you know, if they're similar like that, but um, you know, Sully's, I think Sully's a lot different, but Heinze Heinze was was also different. He's a lot younger than Torts, but he like yeah, the, the stuff he would say was like relevant and and current. Yeah, so he he talked to you like your buddies would talk to you. Maybe because I was an older guy on the team, but I was like, sure, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And we could, and there was a comfortability in how we talked. But he would be point blank blunt, like, dude, you got to do this, this, and this three things. Yeah. It's like your game slipping. Yeah. What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, I think it's this, this, and this. And I'm like, I'll focus on that tonight. Wait, am I playing? He's like, yeah, you're playing. I'm like, all right, I'll focus on that tonight. <laughs> and, I, right. and I would play well for the next couple of weeks. But, and you know what? And, and the second year there, I didn't love how I was used. I didn't love how we, sure. you know, approached the whole thing. But a lot of that could have been coming from up top. We didn't get anybody in the offseason after that first year. Right. So that might have been from, you know, even above Ray. And he yeah, must, he might have, he got to be frustrated as a coach. Like, give me some, give me something here. We just got into the playoffs and they were, everyone predicted us to be a lottery team. Yeah, right, I didn't exactly. I signed there, and I, I still didn't think I didn't think that was going to be the case. We had some guys who had some big years, but I, I was like, no, we're not going to do that. And we did great things, and we had a good staff. We had Chloe, we had Mike Greer, we had yeah. you know Alain Nazardine, who's I like Naz. Oh, he's he's fantastic. He really is great coach. Um, he really is a great coach. He he's a great penalty kill coach. His details, yeah, and he, and he took that from Heinze. So yeah, I don't know if they is he still in Dallas, Naz. I think, he I think he is. Yeah, I think I think uh, Naz is. Yeah, I think Naz with uh, Pete in uh, Dallas, which is perfect because I like Pete too. Pete Pete DeBoer is another one of those coaches. Sorry to go off topic, but a guy who I came into Jersey and I'd heard things about him from Florida, and all the guys who played from Florida were like, "Dude, he's a maniac. Like he's a he doesn't because he came from Kitchener straight or the OHL straight to Florida. Yeah, and he treated those guys like junior players. And yep. I kept hearing these things about him in Florida, and then I got to Jersey and I couldn't have loved him more. The guy was like, "Oh, this guy changed and learned." And figured out the NHL. Yeah, and, yeah. so I, yeah. I agree. And like, I know there's a lot of recycling of, of coaches, but it's another career for them. It's not like, oh, this guy's been around. He's done it before. You don't not give not him another right. chance ever. But look what right. Sully did. You didn't give him a chance. Look what Bruce Cassidy's done. 
Yeah, he, right. He coached Washington, didn't coach again for like a thousand years. Coached the Bruins, <laughs> won <laughs> right. a billion games, got a job in five minutes with Vegas, and won the cup. My cup, right? So these guys are learning too because this is their life. It's not easy. You don't just get behind the bench and say, "All right, go ahead." Right. You know, they put in so many hours. So, you know, obviously, and Billy is he does um, he does things like he'll he'll buy those guys out. He'll sign yeah, guys. That's hard. He'll do yeah. things that, and he just does them. And there was a quote, I, I read a little bit of that article about him firing Dean and, you know, all the best to Dean Evison because, you know, I thought he was tremendously entertaining and yeah, kind of loved his attitude, but he walked into Billy G's office and was like, you're firing me, aren't you? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, buddy, I am. And he's like, and we cried and he cried and we hugged and had a chat and that was that. And Frederick yeah. Gaudreau, who's a hell of a player, I think he was in pit and they didn't resign him. That's the only reason I got to play another year. Is because they messed up and didn't resign Freddie Goudreau and <laughs> had an awesome year in Minnesota, unbelievable. And then had another great year and then was not playing up to his standards this year, didn't score much and just texted the head coach after he was fired. Like, I need to see you. I need to see you. He's like, no, we're good. We're good. And he's like, this, Corey, you're kidding. <laughs> he's, 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 he's rubbing his head up against the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, in on a well-run organization, the head coach delegates very well, and there's usually a, a forward coach and a defense coach and a head coach, and now now there's four on the bench. Sometimes a guy watches two periods and comes down; he's another ear. Um, there's a lot of good cap, good cop, bad cop going on, but in terms of your preparation, your practices, and your meetings, or if you need to vent and you don't have to go to the head coach all the time, keep in mind the head coach has to take care of everybody and everyone has to play well and he's in charge of wins that's what the head coach is in charge of winning hockey games the assistants like one has a power play one has a penalty kill okay the head coach is in there overseeing it all and the head coach has a vision and this is how we're going to teach it and this is how you're going to do it and he gives it to them if he doesn't like what he sees after a little while he might pop in in a well-run organization he might pop in and say use this guy switch this guy we should do that but that's usually in a meeting and that's like Going into a game, if a guy struggled on the power play, for example, you'd say, you know, unit one here with this guy on the, on the half wall, he's been kind of struggling. We'll give him, we'll give him a power play, see how he's doing, and we'll reevaluate from there. And then it's like the head coach will look down the bench, and then it's like we have our plan B. Hey, we're going to switch you two guys. Go. The head coach will say it, but that's who the assistant coach will be. Like, Use this guy. And there's just a constant communication, and that varies. It, it could come from the assistant, it could come from the head, but that'll vary. Like D pairs, who's going out? The defensive coach is usually deploying the defense how he sees fit. The head coach has to look down and say, Stop playing him. The assistant coach isn't going to keep playing him. He'll just stop playing that guy or put that guy out with him. Okay. Because that's your boss. Um, but there's a there's a, usually when a healthy respect, even sometimes they'll they'll disagree and argue and be like, No, no, I'm putting him out. And he puts him back out. Whatever. And it's kind of great because it, it's just it's healthy, I think. And that, that's really what it is. But a lot of it's the meetings. Who runs the meeting? So like in Pittsburgh, for example, the forward coach was Mike Bellucci and still is. And he was running the penalty kill. And the defense coach is Todd Reardon. And he would run the power play. And that's how it all broke down. And Sully's in there. And if you had a question or whatever. And Sully would run the full meeting with everybody in the room, like pregame. And, and that's just how it kind of all went down. Um it varies, but and, and the goalie coach just does goalie coach things, and Corey can talk hey, whoa, about whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa! 
I don't. I've never been in that meeting, buddy. That's all I'm saying. Nor should. Nor should you have been. Yeah, you're not entitled. Nor should I have been. (laughs) Exactly. So go put everyone to sleep with your goalie meetings. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think it's all about delegation. The the best way you put it is like the head coach, like the CEO. He runs the entire company. He oversees everything, and then he delegates and he gives the assistants power. Um, When we came up, I think it was more coaches coach versus players coach. Like you either you were one or the other. Either you were, you know, if you were head coach, you were either standoffish, you didn't talk to the guys, like you ran the system, but you had to go to the assistants to talk. Like if you wanted to say something, you went to an assistant coach because they're nicer and they're the good cop, as Bryce said, good cop, bad cop. Like, hey, go talk to the D coach, go talk to the forward coach, and he'll run up the flagpole to me. And then you had some players coaches. You had some of those who were buddy buddy and like you knew and were around all the time. But I think as we progressed here, um, more coaches are player friendly than they used to be. So they're more approachable than they ever were. Cause I, I would never approach Elaine Vino when I was in Vancouver. I just wouldn't talk to him. I would talk to my goalie coach. I would talk to Rick bonus, the D coach. Um, I love Rick bonus. I just love, I, I, love bones. Him, I want to shout him bones. out whenever I can. Bones is one of my favorite, favorite human beings ever. Um, He's the best, such a good guy and such a great coach. Um, so he was our D coach in Vancouver when I came up. So like, if I had not an issue, but like, if I needed to ask a question, I'd be like, Hey, uh, what are we doing in the D zone? I wouldn't go to AV and be like, Hey, AV, what are we doing in the D zone? You know, I would talk to bones and that's just how it works. And that's fine. Cause the head coach has got a lot to worry about. They can't always deal with the day to day or like all the questions. But, um, yeah, to your point, Brian, like I never really, I mean, in Jersey, we had Jeff Ward as our forwards and power play coach. I love Wardo. I was never in his meetings. I wasn't a forward. I wasn't the power play. So I rarely interacted with Wardo in that sense. Um, you know, I dealt with Naz as a defense coach and the PK coach, and I dealt with Heinze. Not that I had a better relationship with them, but I just knew more about them from that standpoint. Uh, but I think every now and then Heinze ran most of the meetings, at least in Jersey with us. But every now and then, if you needed to, you know, mix it up, like, hey, Naz ran the ran the video meeting today. Wardo ran the meeting once a week. Greerzy would come in and run the video meeting. So they would try to switch it up. I think so you heard a different voice because if you hear the same voice over and over and over again, you tend to tune them out. You tend to just sort of lose interest. So as with anybody. So I think as Brian said, it's it's a big, you got to be able to delegate. You got to trust your assistants. You got to surround yourself with people that you think you know can coach and can connect with the guys. But I, I think too, part of the head coach is that you need to separate yourself a little bit from the players. You can't be on their level because they need to respect you and not fear you, but at least listen when you have something to say. And if you're always constantly being buddy buddy with them and chumming it up and you know playing grab ass, it's hard to do that. So I think a lot of coaches just take a step back, let the assistants do that. And you know when I need to lay the hammer down as a head coach, I can. You guys listen because I'm not your friend, I'm not your peer, I'm your superior in that sense. I'm your coach. So you know that's the dynamic that I felt. And goalie coaches, look, you know. Goalie coach is the best. They pump your tires, you know, nothing like confidence in the NHL. Um, but, you know, we work intimately with them. So I spent a lot of time with my goalie coaches. Uh, so, you know, I had a different relationship, but everyone kind of relies on you at the end of the day. So you have to know the coaches. You have to understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. And you can't, you know, sabotage that. Or <laughs> nothing gets a coach fired quicker than bad goaltending. So there's a lot of pressure on you in that sense. So you're trying to, make them all happier, make sure they're on your side. <laughs> so I think, you know, I don't make coaches. I got fired. Maybe Heinz is one of them, but you know, that's for another day. I, I actually talked to the goalie coaches quite a bit. You learn a lot from them. I mean, I, I, and I went to him because I, I figured that like Benny Allaire, who is the most like easily approachable guy. 
who has the best reputation amongst goalie coaches, I think, maybe in yeah. the league. Great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, couldn't understand him half the time, but he's, he's been in the U.S. for <laughs> 25 years, and he's still the most French-speaking. I can't understand half the stuff he says, but he's a he's an unbelievable guy. And he, he, he'd he explain it to you, and I would kind of reverse it. I mean, this works, so how can I figure out a way to beat that? Because this is what they're thinking. And right. Ben Vanderklocken, and, and I think that's his name, in Nashville, and you know Andy Kyoto and uh, Chico and, and Pitt and, and all these guys, uh, and then we had Roly Melanson in. I love, I love Roly, who I also <laughs> he love. Might have, he was such a curmudgeon, oh but I loved him. God. This guy would come up to me once a week and be like, "Talk to this guy. Talk to that guy. Talk. You got to say this." I'm like, all <laughs> right. he got but he got it though. He knew. He he thought what you were thinking. He just said it to you. He's like, what case. about this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, and this, this, and this. He's like, exactly. So go tell him. And I'm like, <laughs> and it wasn't even a goalie half the time. And I'm like, no. And it's kind of like, goalie. you know, thanks for giving me the nudge. Cause like, that's kind of why yeah. I'm here. I'm 33 now. And yeah, that is part of my role. So thank you, Rolly. And I never complained to him, but I just love picking his brain. These, these guys. And I talked to you while we on our rides to the yeah. rink and stuff. And I learned yeah. so yeah. much because. Even now, my dad played goal. Yeah. And he didn't play at a very high level, but he was good at his level that he played to. And he understands the game better than mm-hmm. coaches I've had, some coaches that I've had in the NHL. His understanding of the game, it's just so yeah. simple. It makes sense to him. And he says it in a sentence or two, and you're like, oh. And I've actually had him talk to my son about hockey. Yeah. And in a word or a sentence, it's, it's done. He's he's like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, I've been trying for three weeks to get him to do that. And I don't know how to get it through his friggin' head. And you just did it in one sentence. And he's like, yeah, just that's, what do you want him to do? I'm like, well, I want him to play aggressive, but I don't want him to take penalties. He goes, all right. He looks over. He goes, Declan, don't be too nice today. Go get the puck and score, but don't be too nice. And that was all he said. And then like, so since yeah, then, yeah. my son took a huge step. And I'm like, this... <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is it's uh so as a head coach you need guys that can do certain things like that i think too i'll talk to him like i'll you know i'll go around down and hey remember we talked about this remember we worked on this and yeah amp like remember that and and they, they can connect with guys and sully one time came to me he goes torch is like, like you're not playing a lot you've moved down in the lineup this is what he's looking for from your first second shift tomorrow he's going to be watching you after he's mm-hmm. challenged you this they is gotta give you the heads do. up, and I would go like up. incoming, like hey, by the way. And I'm like, all right. And I went and ran guys, and I'm like, by the third, I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. I played like 12 minutes the last five games. Now I'm play- I'm already at like 16. I mean, it's half the half the period left. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's a great feeling. You know, you look over at Sully, and he's just like, and he played well too. And that's his. You know, the, the assistant at that point was just like, I want everyone to play well. I want to win the game too. You know, everybody eats at that point uh that's just gets that's what the whole thing is that's the dynamic and if you're all pulling on the same rope with a great healthy sort of communication system going on can be very very good because the game is it's extremely extremely difficult and there's a lot of variables but if you do uh four or five things really well every night you have a chance to win why well, you said a bunch of things i want to touch on so i'm going to rapid fire through a few of them um beep, 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 i think beep. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, <laughs> quick lightning round here. Pew, pew. Uh, I think buy-in in hockey is the 
one of the bigger things and people say it as a cliche, but like there are teams where guys just don't buy in. They just, yeah. they're like, I listen, I send the meetings. I ignore half of what he says. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you know, we'll see what happens. So if well, you the get sub, a group the of, sub meetings after the sub meetings, yeah, you exactly. believe this guy, you believe that guy that's cancer to a team. We used to joke like meetings about meetings. Like we would have meetings about meetings that we had. So it's like, how many meetings are we having about this one meeting where can we just all get along and agree that this is what we're going to do? And it's like, no, we have to have a next meeting about, wait, I don't want to do that. So if you can get everyone on the same page and the teams that have success and the teams that play together for a long time, they're all bought in. Like the Boston Bruins to me, they bought in. They buy into that system. The Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay, um, you know, Vegas now, like they buy into what the coach is saying and they all understand the role so buy-in is a huge factor um secondly i i haven't to your point about sully and torts and even heinz i haven't had many coaches in the nhl like teach me a lot of things where i've learned i think they assume you get to that level you know what you're doing but I, to be honest i think heinz was one of the coaches that taught me things about the game that i didn't know or hadn't thought about and you're like oh that's interesting i hadn't thought about it that way and that makes sense or that doesn't make sense but either way all right at least you're explaining and teaching me things so i think a lot of head coaches just delegate or they just Hey, here's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to do the one, one, two, the, you know, whatever. And you don't learn a lot, but there's certain coaches who actually teach you stuff about the game at that level. And you're like, Jesus, I didn't thought about it that way. And that's impressive because it's not easy. We have room full of professional hockey players. Um, and then I think lastly, to your point about the goalies, I think because goalies see everything in front of them all the time. Like we're always seeing the play come yeah. at us. We see every aspect. I and mean, as we talked about one of the previous episodes, you guys got your head in a swivel. You know where to be. You know where where to go. But like at times, you're just you're in the blender and you you can't diagnose everything at once because you're trying to play the game. And I'm sitting there watching it all. I have like a you know you know, like the panoramic view on the iPhone. Like I'm taking a snapshot of the entire thing, so I see everything coming at me. So I think that's why you see a lot of goalies do well in coaching or management positions. But we're often put in a tough spot because we can't say a whole lot because our job is to stop the puck. Just stop the puck. You do your job. We can't get fired up. We can't get too emotional. Cause then you're rattled or then you're this or that. So we get pigeonholed a little bit. And one of my, one of the best influences in my career has been my agent, Mike Liute. And uh, he played goal in the eighties and early nineties. And it was really good. He finished second to Gretzky one year in like the MVP voting when he was in Hartford. So like he was a legit goalie and he's my agent now and he's a really smart guy. And mm-hmm. honestly, like he broke high the game down for me. Better than, I think he, he came from was the WHA. So like he, no, my, my, he might've been from the WHA oh, draft. He started the WHA and then got drafted in the NHL. Um, and you know, he could talk a lot. He's wordy, but he would break things down for me as simple as it could be. Sometimes like I'd have my goalie coach talking to me. I have the coach talking to me. I'm like, Mike, I can't stop a beach bar right now. He's like, Schneitz stand six inches further outside of your crease in practice and the puck will hit you. I'm like, really? He's like, just try it. Just, just stand up, stand six inches to 12 inches outside the crease in practice to see what happens. And sure enough, like the next day, it's like, oh, that felt good. He's like, all right. Well, back in now, back, back in another six inches and see how that feels, you know, just like simple things where you're like, ah, God, I wish I thought of that. You know, it sounds dumb, but not many people can process the way goalies process. And it's all mental, like 90% of that stuff is mental and confidence. And if you have somebody who can explain it to you in a simple way, it makes it so much more digestible and understandable because you have guys who are like, well, just stop the puck. It's like, well, yeah, if it was that easy, we'd all stop the puck. Like, I understand that. Yes, that's my job. Benny Alaire, uh, Benny Alaire, Benny Alaire talks the exact opposite too. By the way, <laughs> does he back yeah. in? <laughs> get the blue get further back in your Johnny Quick. Johnny Quick six one one. Yep. Well, I mean, not and to that's, cut you off. And, sorry. No, don't no. I, I appreciate it because when I got to 
Vancouver, uh, I used to be, I, when I, when I, my first full year in Van, I was going to be the backup. They were like, you're the guy. I was like, perfect. I still was playing that in and out game, the rhythm, like in and out, like, oh my God, my first practices and training camps were so exhausting. So I'm like six feet on my crease. I'm sliding. I'm all over the place. And yeah, Rolly's like, you hey, five, you had to go five feet. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Rolly, <laughs> Rolly's like, Rolly's like, dude, stay in your paint. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to try it my way. And I got lit up at Edmonton, like eight to two in a preseason game. And he showed me the video the next day. He goes, you ready to, you ready to listen and like, do what I want you to do. I was like, fine like my head between my you know tail between my legs like okay like nine and our years last preseason game yeah exactly our last preseason game was against the sharks when they had heatley and marlo and you know thornton choo train Chloe and all those guys yeah choo choo train and i stayed in my paint i just turned my feet and the puck just started hitting me and i was like oh that's a lot easier than i thought it would be <laughs> it's not that Never easy lose your neck. And stuff. yeah i was like oh that went way better than I thought it would. So, you know, it's a it's a combination of like just confidence and technique and puck tracking and ability. But, you know, between Rolly teach me that and Mike just like I get, you know, there'd be nights where I lost seven two and got yanked and I'm feeling like a bag of crap and I just, you know, I hate myself and You're my agent Mike would text me, me go, You don't know that. You can't prove it. <laughs> um Mike would text me, he'd be like, Well, that was a train wreck, wasn't it? I'd be like, Sure was. He's like, They happen. I'm like, all right. He's like, just move on. I'm like, okay. It happened a lot <laughs> That's now. Say. It happened a lot now in <laughs> yeah. rural areas. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. But yeah, just like a simple text me like, well, that was a train wreck, wasn't it? I'm like, yeah, call it for what it is. It was a train wreck. He's like, all right, well, what are you going to do the next game? I'm like, oh, it'll be better. He's like, all right. Sounds good. I'm going to try so not to do that, Mike. Exactly. So simple things like that, as you said, your dad, like just simplifying it, making it digestible, understanding what you're really thinking about without overcomplicating it because it's like a golf swing and we keep talking about it like hockey's like a golf swing if you think about too many things at once like you're just going to shank in the woods so i should be I yeah you can speak to that as a forward i don't get as i don't get forwards by the way like how you guys i was feeling it and my legs weren't moving my legs are heavy i'm like just skate just fucking you know, just oh, do no. it just go do it i don't get it as a goalie i'm like i gotta be on all the time can't you guys be on for like 12 minutes a night let's just go do that go focus and just Save all your energy for well, those 12 minutes. 12's hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Nine's really hard. Is 12's hard. 14's 60's hard. Like 14's 60's like, harder. Let me tell you. Like, for standing up, I never get to sit down. I, I have no breaks. I got, every second I'm watching the clock and paying attention to what's happening. You guys could go on the bench and zone out and yell at the coach or bitch about your teammates or, you know, fart. I don't know what you guys do on the bench. We're, sprint, we're sprinting. Yes, yeah, so am I. When I pit, when I'm hemmed in for two minutes, we get the puck out for a second. They come right back at me, and I'm like, yeah, "Oh boy, once a month, <laughs> you didn't play for the Devils, did you? Yes, you did. You were there. Or you were there, we're not. Bro. We're not doing this. We're not doing. How many goalies win training camp? None. I guess it's catered to four. Never mind. It doesn't. But it's apples and oranges. Oh, that, uh, doesn't even. Even my own argument doesn't work. Quick side story. Uh, like just post Blackwood Blackhawks. Yeah, post Blackhawks down. I see like eighteen, nineteen. We were playing the Hawks. And we were up four to one in the third, and they pulled the goalie with seven minutes left. And Kane stayed on the ice for six and a half minutes, and they were in our zone for at least six of that, those six and a half minutes. Yeah. And they got one. We were in our zone for six minutes to end the game, and I thought I was going to have an aneurysm. And I was in good shape. I was in my prime. Like I am fit as a fit, fiddle. And I literally thought my heart was going to pop. And I could not believe how hard that was. You don't have and, that. You've never had like an anaerobic. You know, yeah, you but don't you don't do play six-minute shifts. Yeah, you do when you when you're him. You can just you hang at the blue line. You're not like 
you have the puck the whole time. It's not hard. Defending, you can't defend for six minutes. You can defend for 35, 40 seconds. Guys, PK guys can't go for two minutes. Power play guys can go for two minutes. You know right. what I mean? It's so not, I it's, 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 I was defending for six minutes. No, you were, in a, you didn't, you were standing there. I was you squatting. A, you, did a, you did a quarter of a wall, a wall sit. Quarter, not even a wall sit. I did a six-minute half wall sit for six minutes. So that's minutes all I would do. Is tell it. your goalies to wall sit forever. Speaking of Kaner, I uh, signed in Detroit. What do you guys think about that? I was a little surprised at Detroit. I've been banging Detroit's drum. Not banging Detroit, I've been banging their drum since the beginning. I I think uh I think they're a team that's gonna sneak in and upset the apple cart. Uh I like what they're doing. I just don't beating look, in the playoffs or to get in the playoffs. To get in. I mean, Islanders and Penguins are struggling right now, so that's two spots. Tell me the Pens just won though. They did. And the actually the Islanders won in overtime, by the way. They got they <laughs> hurricanes tied up with three seconds left and the Islanders won in overtime, thank God. I'm calling the game on Saturday in Florida, so that'll make that a little bit easier for me to talk about good feelings. But they scored five goals on 16 shots, and the Carolina Hurricanes scored four goals on 43 shots. So tough. Obi used to get 16 a game. <clears throat> he would. Wings won, obviously. obviously. Panthers, Devils, Flyers are sliding. Cap, Caps won in LA last night. They're up three two in the first. Irregardless, uh, I think I think Detroit's got a chance. I just don't know what. Um, is Kaner going to be a difference maker for them or is he going to be like a depth guy? Because coming off a of hip surgery, I didn't have the resurfacing that he did, which I've heard is a little more aggressive, but I had labrum surgery and it takes and you're a full Yeah, year. but you're a goalie. Yeah. True, true. But he's also used to but operating at a certain level. He's also used to operating a certain way. So like if he's 80% of what he normally is, is that still better than... And I'm not, I'm not going to deny Patrick Kane. He's unbelievable. So like his 80% could be a lot better than most guys, but People expect him to be like a point of game, difference making winger. Like, if he starts playing next week, he's got 50 games left. I'm thinking like 30 points, 35 points, you know, like he's going to be a second, third line guy. I think maybe him and Debrinket find the match again and he lights it up. But look at Martian. Martian had that double hip surgery and it, it's taken him a while to get back to his level if he ever gets there again. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, what's the opposite of bullish? Bearish? Bearish. Bearish. I'm bearish on uh, on Kaner's impact, at least in the early going. I think come March and April, maybe he'll be more of a difference maker. But I think early on, um, I'm tempering my expectations on what kind of impact he'll have. Yeah, March he didn't have a lot of goals last year. He still had 67 points in 73 games. A lot of power play, though. A lot of PP points. <laughs> 10 points in the playoffs in seven games. You know what, Brian? The worst part about an argument is when facts come in the way. So um, I would appreciate if you'd stop. 19 points this year, 22 games. In how many games? 22, 22. yeah. So pretty average, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> Second on the team. Behind Double hip surgery. Jesus. <laughs> One hip surgery, fucking sorry. Your argument <laughs> is Backstrom. It's not Marchand. Yeah. Okay, well, well you know, Kander's 35. He was my age when I came off my hip surgery, and I'm a goalie. I get that, but it's... A resurfing is different than a, a labrum repair. So he only had one, though. He only had one. Um, Backstrom just had, had both. Did he really? Oof. Ugh. All right. So who's in? You got Detroit in. Let's do this again. It's already November 30th. Tomorrow's. I think Wash yeah, is out. Okay. I think Boston, Florida, Toronto are in. I think New York, Carolina are in. Uh, Detroit, 
Call me crazy. I got Tampa out now. Tampa out. Jersey. Detroit in. They're minus three. Pitt's not going to make it. Detroit's plus 17 for the goal differential guy, Mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. So... Did your mic turn off? No. Here's 10, 11 teams, which the 11th was a good story for a little bit, but in no particular order, but it's sort of an order, but you can... Boston, Rangers, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, Washington, Florida, Detroit, Devils, Pittsburgh, Philly. Ottawa, Columbus, Montreal. It's 11 teams. Okay. That was too complicated for my brain. Um, Ottawa Ottawa has one thing going going for them. And I think they're dead. But they've only played 17 games. Which is... The fact that Columbus has played 24 and Ottawa's played 17 makes zero sense. That's pretty wild. That is pretty wild. But they haven't played 17 years but they haven't played 17 games very well. They're at 471 winning percentage, so it's not like they're playing well in those 17 games. They got no loser points. They couldn't tie a couple and get a loser point. So I'm going to eliminate Philly, Buffalo, Montreal, Columbus, Ottawa off the top. So you got 11 teams left for eight spots. Yeah, Buffalo's done, eh? Octage for a bit. Yeah, uh, goaltending's an issue. Uh, again, we talked about Jersey. You eliminated I Philly. Gonna, I did eliminate Philly. They're not talented. They have no talent. They have no talent. I love the torts effect. They're not talented enough. They're like Islanders late. Like picture the Islanders, but slightly. Diet so you got version. 10 teams. Uh, yep. You got Pitt, okay. New Jersey, Detroit, Florida, or Wash. Florida's been away. Okay. I'll say it again. I think Detroit's in. I think Wash is out. I think Jersey takes Wash's spot. And I think Tampa's going to be out. And I think, uh, wait to get that right. You can't take the Islanders. You can't do that. I think they're, they're going to finish ninth. That's a good Finish just on the outside. All right. All right. Uh, so two guys are out. What two are in? Sorry. Yeah. Tampa and Washer out. Jersey and who is in? You're right. We already had That's Detroit in. So then you're going to have Pitt I in. did. I did. You're correct. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's going to come down to Pitt and Tampa. It's going to come down to Pitt and Tampa for the last spot. I think Jersey's going to take Washington's spot. Pitt and Tampa are going to battle it out for the last spot. Pitt just beat Tampa. They have two games in hand. Yeah. All right. Oh, is my Pitt's math head up there? Pitt's also a plus 12, by the way. I went cross-eyed a while ago there. I was actually trying to write down both your teams, and I got lost. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt is uh, plus 12. I'll give you the order right well, now, who, Tommy. We can uh, Tell me. Good luck tell on me, the So right now in the Atlantic, and for those who don't exactly understand, because and I don't agree with this. I think it should be one through eight. It is not one through eight. The top three teams in the Atlantic are Boston, Florida, and Toronto. And in the Metropolitan. They're all in. Yeah. Yeah, they're all in. The uh, Metro is New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes, Washington Capitals right now. Washington's only played 19 games, which is, they still have to win. Their winning percentage right now is 632. Listen, I get it. I get it. For a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and got older and not better, I don't understand. No, 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 no. Couple saves, couple young guys chipping in. But they are minus five. Right, you're on drugs. You're on drugs. Why? I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be scared of them in the play in the first round, but they could make it. That was the thinnest argument I've ever heard for a team making the playoffs that didn't make one last year. That they're in the playoff spot right now, and they've played less games than almost everyone in the conference. Yeah, I think they're going to go on. A, and it's December minus tomorrow. Minus five. Well, they're minus five. I said that. I did. I not. Hey, Tommy. Did I not say Run that? We'll run it back. The tape. Okay. Now on the first wild card. 
So those are the, those are six teams. In the first wild card, you have the Red Wings, who have played 22 games. They have 27 points and are in. They're clear of the next best out of the playoffs by three points. And that seems like a small number, but again, and I talked about this with and Larry Brooks actually brought this up, the Hall of Fame writer for the New York Post. Brooksy, yeah, he brought he brought this up. He said since the uh, the invention or the introduction of that loser point, that shootout loss, still getting a point. That's why yeah. teams don't make the playoffs that are out of the playoffs after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's Detroit's clear three. I mean, they're not out of the woods, obviously. And Tampa right now is in, but they've played 24 games. A lot of these teams behind. Yeah. Them two, 21. I think it's perilous. Um, wow. So it is a log jam. And Philly's in the mix. They've one point behind Tampa, and they've played one less game. The Islanders have played two less games, and they're one point behind Tampa. The Devils have played three less games. They're two points behind Tampa. Pittsburgh's played two less games. They're two points behind Tampa. So it's it's tight. You got brain freeze. It's tight. It's tight. My brain. I got. I got. Point is, it's tight. And even even Buffalo's only you know they're three points behind. So it's very tight now. Montreal. we have, we have a weekly podcast to do, so we need to we need to give the people what they want week to week. We can't can you know we can't put it out in the future. We can't say hey down the line this could happen. Like yeah, I, I like where we are. Like a weekly podcast. Like we need to tell the people what we think week to week and stick by it. Who's in? Who's out? Yeah, I told you who I think who's in is out. Is that who you're? Is that what you're telling me to do? Yeah, because we got we you know we could be wishy washy and say like oh I think you know Buffalo could make it. we could they could all make it like let's you know. As as our eyeballs today, your power, your Willie Nylander power rankings from last week, you put me on the spot like today. Who is the best player in the Leafs? I capitulated. You were right. Okay. Detroit's out then. <laughs> All right. Detroit's okay. out. All right. Tough but fair. And, the, and Washington's out. And the Devils are Pittsburgh, right? It's the same as or no, same as two years ago, whatever it is. Super exciting. That's what it should be. Riveting stuff for the NHL. Riveting stuff from the NHL. The same eight teams make the playoffs for three years in a row. No, Pitt didn't make it is. last year. Islanders did. I know, is- I know, I know, I know. I'm being mostly facetious or a little. But that's what know. I'm guessing. Colorado's a wagon. Okay. Can we go to them? Quick? They are a wagon. Do we, we want to talk about the West? Out, They're a wagon. Kale McCarr might they be are. the best player in the world. He might be. I agree with that. I agree. Um, God, he's good. He's really good. I think he's the best player. Well, you know what, Brian? We've talked a lot of hockey in this episode, which I don't mind because that's what this is all about. Um, not to deviate or get off topic because we've been going for a while here, but. I really, I got another itch to scratch. I'm dealing with it right now again. I like a clean phone. When you look at your phone, do you like to not have notifications and messages everywhere, like voicemails, emails? Like I how got one. Right I now? got I got a dot on my settings, and I have three calls because I have I don't want to lose these voicemails, and I have to get back to them tomorrow. That's one of the yes. So I keep voicemails, so I know to call them back. That's a clean phone, man. That is a tight, well kept phone. And I appreciate you for that. I I can't keep up with the updates. I cannot. I update my app store as much as I can. And like, I'll do it. I'll spend 30 minutes updating the 200 apps I have to update. And the next day, it's like, you have 23 more updates. I'm like, wow, how do I constantly have to? And it, it's, a, it's a pimple on the ass of my phone, the 23 red icon on the app store. And I don't get it. And I want to get rid of it, but I constantly have to update my phone. And I hate doing it because I feel like I'm beholden to the app store and it frustrates me. And I'm very, as Jimmy Hayes would say, frustrated. He couldn't say that word correctly. Yeah, and um, it kills your phone. And it kills your phone. So on purpose. What they am I said that? What, I have to get a new. What phone. am I to do? What am I to do, Brian? Apparently, do my phone the, has the, the most radiation. 
Do you have like iPhone six? Are you still on like a six or seven right now? I would have the eight. I would have the eight with the button if I didn't mysteriously break for no reason. Do you still have an iPod with the wheel? You strike me as a guy who like the iPod with the wheel still. You know, just kind of. What's a wheel? Remember, like the the old wheel you used to spin on the iPod to get to your songs. Tommy, oh, iPod, iPod, yeah, like BlackBerry. IPod, yeah, sorry, iPod. No, no, the iPod. Like you had the screen and you had the wheel to like spin through your playlist. Yeah, and you bl- press yeah, the yeah black, black, yeah, BlackBerry had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah not a little best. ball, but like a full wheel. Yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to make you sound dated. Oh, but you're not. oh yeah, it did have the yeah big pinwheel. tech guy over here. Um, yeah. So I gotta get a new phone. But I don't know. I just don't up. I just don't update it. Was it your issue at the? Was the Verizon store or the Comcast store? That you went. You want to punch a guy in the face? That was Comcast. That was Comcast. Okay, Dude, they're sorry. passing the pen around and being like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah." Yo, if you bundle your Wi-Fi with your landline, you're gonna get such a better deal. My, with my your cable phone, too. Yeah, my phone case is breaking. Goes, Dude, we have that in the back. I'm like, all right, can I have one? <laughs> And he runs back. It's the wrong size. Go 12S Pro. He's like, yeah. Oh, you do have a 12S. Okay. No, I wasn't far How off. many pots have you smoking today, bro? And he was he was all banged up. Tommy <laughs> knows what we're talking about. <laughs> He's not smoking pot. How many pots have you smoken? <laughs> I just ride it. The youngest dick. Anyways, what? What else you got? <laughs> that was one of my bones that I had to. Again, I still don't understand. I I can't keep updating my phone all the time because it's it's very maddening, and I like a clean phone. Um, so anybody out there, my wife takes my phone thing. sometimes. My wife takes my phone sometimes, mm-hmm. and puts it in this like hydraulic chamber, like hyperbaric chamber. It's this like UV ray killer of all germs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got one of those during COVID. We did it for like a yeah. second, and then we stopped it, doing it because we we're too lazy. Yeah, we we put the pacifiers in there. For all the kids I have in like the bottles after they're washed and sanitized, we double sanitize them. That's right. I'm still like, doing that. I'm like, I think maybe like get some germs in you though. No germs or vitamins. Germs or vitamins. I think uh, we all found after COVID where we all hermetically sealed ourselves away for a year. And then we came out in the real world and never got well, really some sick of us again. Did. Some of us didn't. Right. You had, you had leukemia at one point. So I think you're good. You got really sick. Yeah, kicked kick, so. kick the, kick the crap out of that. But I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going out. The mass, I, I wasn't for him. Yeah, I, 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 I think the hyper sanitization like of the world him. is not him. good. Didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah, you you, you um, need some, you need some of the good germs in you to fight off the bad germs. Vitamins. So I think every now and then when a kid eats dirt or like, you know, I don't want to say lick a subway rail because that's kind of gross. Those things scare me. But you got to, you got to get the bad germs in you to fight off the other like bad buddy germs. Buddy the elf. And, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Chewed gum. Oh my god. Oh god. Even that I have an issue with. But I do think the five second rule or the three second rule is very relevant. What? But what do you what do you what do you have against elf? I got nothing against elf. No, there's the scene where he's chewing the already chewed gum. Like, oh, it's nasty. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I got nothing against elf. I know I'm oh, against a lot of things you like, Brian, but elf's not like, one of them. Oh, elf sucks. No. No, right. doesn't suck. I got so, um, uh, you know what? A quick, quick sidebar to the to the missus. When we met, she had never heard of, never mind seen. She had never heard of the movie Elf. Ooh, it's amazing we're married. It's it's amazing. That's that's a borderline deal breaker. Right, close, dude. It's close, <laughs> real close. She's never gonna listen to this, but I can tell you guys, it was close. 
What what's uh what she doesn't watch most... me on NHL network. She would go to the games to see what the other girls are wearing in their outfits. It's not about the product. It's just I'm doing something I love. And she's very supportive. She's not involved though. So I can say this now. Right. It Separators was very close. I, I called my brother. I'm like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Am I making the biggest mistake in my life? I dressed up as Buddy the Elf and I was on HBO. Yes, you were. Yeah, I, I saw you. I, I know I know your affinity for Elf and Will Ferrell. All things That's Will like Ferrell. when I found out. Um, my Will mother-in-law, who I, who I love to death, uh, swears that Santa Claus 2 is the best sequel of any movie ever. Listen, Better than the it, first one. It's not bad. Kathy said that? She, to this day, will continue to bring up Santa Claus 2 and I it's have yet to watch bad. it because it's not bad, I, dude. I'm apparently a bad son-in-law and kind of lazy, but um, yeah, Tommy, it's hard to make a hard to make a good sequel. I've never seen um, it. Have you seen the Santa Claus? No. Well, put it on the schedule. Now we have no. Now we have no foot, no feet to stand on. None feet. <laughs> You've heard of him though, right? Oh yeah, Tim Allen. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to click anytime I've scrolled by it. <laughs> All right. Well, is that too much going on? <laughs> too many other things to do and to watch. Not tonight, Santa Claus. Too. I'm gonna move on to something else. Wait, after Thanksgiving, you guys just don't watch Christmas movies every single night. Home Alone. We started on repeat. Uh, yeah, Home Alone. Just Home Alone on repeat. Mike. Yeah, I don't control the clicker. Yeah, so they, you got to pop them in there. Like, Mike, they love the Santa Claus. My kids are like, wait, right. wait, because it's like they think it could happen. And to all you kids listening, it could happen. It's crazy, and that's why it's so watched- good, man. We hadn't watched the Home Alones in uh, like a year since last Christmas. And my kids were like, okay, we watch Home Alone. I'm like, sure. So I put on Home Alone. They're like, wait, is this the one where they pass the thing? Like, give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. I'm like, that's Home Alone. That's Home Alone too. And they're like, oh, wait, we want that one. We're halfway into the first Home Alone. I'm like, that's the one you want? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's Home Alone too. And first of all, how'd you remember that scene out of all the scenes in Home Alone too? Give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. And they said, Kevin's not here. And they pass it back and they say, Kevin's not here. And that's the part they remember. That's Home Alone. The movie. That's Home Alone One. That's Home Alone One. Uh, no, Home Alone Two. Where they lost in New York, where they get the at the baggage carousel, and they land in Florida, and they pass his bag all the way down the line, and Kevin's not there, and Fuller's like, Kevin's not here, and he sends it back, and then the mom gives it to the dad. The dad's like, Laughs. Kevin's not here, and the mom screams what? and passes out. That's two. Get your Home Alone straight. Yes, that's two. They land in Florida. He goes what to New York when they land in Paris. She realized on the airplane. She goes, "We forgot Kevin on the airplane." That's true. Halfway through and the flight, Frank was stealing the crystal. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. You're right. All right. Only uh, seen him two hundred times. I, uh, yeah, that's on me, man. Listen, that's on me. Okay. How about Buzz okay. though, with the with the thing behind his ears? He was wrong. I, like, how dumb are all the adults? Yeah. Wait, can we can we get an adult? Yeah. Buzz yeah, was like thirty two years Kevin's old right. when he was doing that. He was a grown man, and Ke- I don't know why they're in the same school play. By the way, Kevin's get your, get your like course situated. Well, dumb, you know, Buzz like a Buzz like a freshman in high school, and they're in the same school choir. That part I didn't get. Maybe it's a Catholic <laughs> thing. Buzz, Buzz was in the union. He wasn't a freshman in high school. <laughs> like he was reporting to Normandy. He's got the cut. He's like he's ready to go on the beaches. The man. Pension that guy. Give me a break, Corey. And then he gives a like. Like we know as a viewer that Buzz is a dickhead, and the family apparently didn't. So he's given that fake apology, and they all buy it. It's like we know this kid's an a hole. How can you not know that? Kev knew it. Kev McAllister, but like, kind of like he was like a. I, I, 
he was like bored. He was an a-hole in the first one. And then like the next one, he he's was. like, he's like, I'm 33 years old. I got to go play in the middle school play. I'm bored of this. I got to mix it up a little bit. It was harmless. Kevin over. Is that how you're. Is that your family is with the oldest, the youngest, <laughs> your, your oldest sister's like 35 and your youngest brother's like 10. It's like, Hey, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 23 year difference. It's like, <laughs> an actually- uncle, 23. <laughs> yeah. Cause Andrew's like 20. Oh man. How old is he? Yeah. Another, another quick story. He's for 26. The pod. Another quick story for the pod. I was, uh, I live in Fairfield, Connecticut. So there's a golf lounge 18 where my buddy is the manager. So, we went there one night to like just hang out and hit balls. And I go to the bathroom and I walk out of the bathroom. I stare at a poster and it says indoor golf league champions. And it's got a picture of the winning team. And there on the right, <laughs> I thought it was Brian Boyle. I was like, that's Brian. And I look closer. I'm like, that's Timmy Boyle. That's for yeah. sure. Tim Boyle. I was like, this is a Boyle. And they won the championship. And I immediately text Brian. I go, Brian, am I looking at you or Timmy Boyle on this poster of the golf lounge, 18 champions in Fairfield, Connecticut? He goes, yeah, that's Timmy. He won it. He's from Milford, which is like two towns over. It's like, what are the odds that I walk out of the bathroom to stare at a boil winning a golf championship in an indoor simulator? Odds are high. Higher Anyways. than you think. Odds are yeah, higher Thirtinia. than you think. Thirtinia. <laughs> eventually. Jesus. Um, dude, like, he sent me like a live uh, video of that celebration. It was like, what happened? Because we just won our winter league simulator, winter simulator league championship. Are they in like right, khakis call- after work or do they wear spikes and like bring their own clubs and stuff? I think it's like athleisure. <laughs> you bring yeah. your own clubs. Yeah, yeah. I show up I show up in like my Vioris and my Lulus and sneakers and I bring my own clubs and then, you know, it's it's spot on. It's not arbitrary because it's a track man simulator. So, you know, every shot is pure and it's hit the exact way you need to hit it. So it's actually pretty accurate. But um anyways, I, I picture Are we like, fishing for sponsors here? Are we fishing for sponsors? We might. I can get my buddy to sponsor us. Oh, golf Lounge 18. I was thinking track man, but all right. They're opening a place in uh, Braintree. Braintree's opening a new golf golf lounge 18. Tommy, the Top Golf's uh, popping Canton. Yeah. Because apparently no one's ever been to Top Golf in Massachusetts. I, I, I didn't realize that. It opened in Tampa in 2014 yeah. when I was there. And I was like, oh, this is sick. And I just kind of assumed they were everywhere. And they weren't. They, they're not. And it's like when Shake Shack opened in Derby Street. Couldn't get a burger forever. Anyway, go to, there. It's to, fun. Trying to get another sorry to get up. sponsor. <laughs> sorry to get off topic. I just saw Tommy's chat on the side. He just said, salad is bad. Everyone's on drugs. <laughs> germs are vitamins. <laughs> salad is bad. Germs are vitamins. I'm keeping a log. This will be can, good. Yeah, merch. actually, if you look at all, it's... Uh, the, the Brian Boyle ethos. <laughs> when, when, you, when we open Body by, body by Bri. <laughs> Starting to not make much sense, am I? Body by Brian. Shirts are going to say germs or vitamins. Everyone's on drugs. Salad is bad. We're going to walk around with that. The pesticides, man. I'm buying. I'm buying red wine now from uh, Europe. Done with the uh, sulfate, done with the glyphosate. Sulfate free. Yeah, they spray it with the glyphosate. What's that dog's name again? Our dog. Yeah. Radar. radar. Was he there? Yeah, radar. Radar. Oh, you can't even see the cat. I'm blocking right now. He's just sitting there the entire time. This cat's just haunting me. I want to go quick to torts. Oh yeah, go, touch I want on to torts. Go quick to torts. Um, so touch of torts. Yeah, like this, and we've we've talked quite a bit, and everybody knows. And torts. So the, the funny part is, torts does not care, but people think he's just this crazy hard ass who doesn't care about anything but winning, and he's crazy, and 
he's not. He's an actual brilliant hockey mind, in my opinion. He is an unbelievable motivator, and you have to have a certain in or de- or develop a certain understanding and hardness to accept that, and also remind yourself almost every day, maybe more than once a day, that he wants the absolute best out of everyone so they can win. And um, he's very demanding. He's very hard, and that's like well documented. But the guy does things for people and hates he'd probably get mad at me for this he's never gonna hear it but you have uh the amount of charitable work the guy does the amount of things he does under the radar that no one knows about and no one will know about and more people talk about it now but and he hates it um it's incredible he's he's bought um pet shelters in new york that are going under and they were just going to slaughter all the animals and he paid for it for like years he might still be doing it he bought a farm where he lives and just starts rescuing horses and dogs and all these different things. And now, like, when he hears or sees something unfair happening, especially to, like a kid, he'll fix it. He'll he'll do whatever he can to try to fix it or to make it better. And he had the kid on the bench for a whole a whole period. Uh, the kid's name is Owen. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Michechi or Mikechi or Mikeke or whatever it is. But Owen is nine years old, cancer patient has gone through a tremendous amount and Torch brought him on and brought him into the room and had him with the group in the morning and he stayed on the bench for a whole period in an NHL game. He had his jersey on, he's playing hockey again. I, I just I, I just want to give him credit because he, he really is like, for what he demands out of players, he he still understands that there's way more to that. And I've had I've had different experiences with him where I've seen that. And you get a glimpse into what he wants, and then you understand even more. Like he just wants you to reach your full potential, and he doesn't care if you hate his guts. At the end of the day, if you get to his full potential, he's happy because he does not. Want, he literally does not want credit. The humility he has is tremendous. So I just wanted to shout him out, and, and Owen, who's going through it really bad. Uh, I'm going to be in our family. We did tonight. We're going to be praying for Owen and, and his family because cancer, especially pediatric cancer, is. Absolutely the worst. worst thing in the world. The worst. And, uh, I think Torch knows that and he wants to do whatever he can to even for five minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, make a kid in a family's life not revolving around a, a, a diagnosis. I think it's well said, Brian. I, I've interacted with Torts uh, more tangentially. I've had him at the World Cup. I've had him at international events and he came into Vancouver the year after I left. They gassed AV and brought in Torts and all the guys who were there. Um, said that he was one of the few coaches who actually comes in and says like, Hey, how's your family? How's your wife doing? How's your kids doing? You know, not a lot of coaches did that at least back then. And they were pretty taken aback by that. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember the story of him. He had like four pit mixes or, you know, some breed that in Canada, they don't allow like certain provinces in Canada don't allow pits or Rottweilers or whatever it is. Yeah. And he would like, he worked day and night to get his dogs into Canada because he's like, I'm not, I'm not coming up here without my dogs. So he had to figure some way out to get them there because like you said, he rescues all these animals and yeah. takes these breeds that nobody wants or, or throwaways. And he was trying to find a way to get him in there. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, again, he, he comes off a certain way to the media and people poke fun at him or, you know, talk about his stances or what he believes in, but he's convicted one way or another. He's convicted, but he's got a side to him that not a lot of people know where he, he does all those things that uh, are underreported. And I think he wants it that way. Uh, but to your point, having had him as my coach at the World Cup, I saw that firsthand that, hey, look, you know, this means something. Let's, you know, let's get the best out of each other. How do we do that? 
And I think that's a unique trait and not a lot of people have as much anymore these days. Um, so yeah, hats off to him for Owen and, and to Owen and his family. Um, like you said, God bless. And, and that's just the worst situation to think of, but what a moment for him. What a, what a, you know, there's a lot of people who'd love to be on an angel bench for a period and, uh, nobody deserves more than this kid. So I'm glad he got that opportunity. And that Torrance yeah. was one of the, one of the, probably the only person that would give him that opportunity. Cause you know, a lot of people in the league would just would be too afraid of the backlash or the commentary or, or what it meant. And Torrance doesn't care. Like you said, let's do what's right. And we'll figure the rest out later. Well, I mean, it's Keith Jones too. And you gotta give Keith Jones and, 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 uh, Danny Briere credit too, I think. Right. That's probably a, a on that. organizational thing. And, and that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I know a lot about torts and, and different things that, you know, he believes in and I, I'll keep it to myself. Cause again, he hates when people talk about it. So I don't need another, I don't need to get yelled at by him again. That happened enough for five years, but for four years, but it, it, it's, he, he, if you watch the 20, I think it's 2012 winter classic and Liam trainer, like he's still very close with Liam trainer. Who's in a wheelchair and right. You know, Liam's, you know, Liam's graduated now and he's just a tremendous kid an awesome dude. Funny. He's on Instagram. He's just hysterical. And he's like followed Torts. And this kid was a diehard Rangers fan. I think he still is, but he, he follows Torts too and roots for him. And um, I talk with Liam periodically, you know, just through text or whatever, but he, he, he always follows up too. He, 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 he truly believes in these things. So there's a, there's a situation when I, I don't know, I don't think I told the story when I got my hand cut and Torts was in the room also getting the same kind of treatment on his hand. On this podcast, I don't think I told that story, but you have yet. I hit a guy, and, and my hand got cut open, my finger, because I pinched it on the dashboard of the bench, and it flapped over, and you could see the tendon. So it was a deep cut. Not, it wasn't. It was just kind of weird how the skin folded over. So you, the, the risk of infection was serious. So he had to go in and get antibiotics, and had to treat it every day. And I go into the room the next day after the game, and Torch is in the room too, and we're hand. Both of our hands are on the table on this like Gatorade towel. And I'm looking at him like kind of out of the side of my eye. And I'm just like, at this point, he's still, you know, we don't, we're not chatting, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I'm yeah. just kind of like, hey, hey. it's <laughs> not know. fraternity. Yeah, I, was a, I was a young player. And <laughs> there was that still that, that, that barrier. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at me and goes, what happened to you? I was like, well, I happened in, in the game last night where I left and then I came back into the game. And then I had to get stitches and now I'm doing this. What happened to you? He's getting stitches in his hand of a clearly like an animal. I thought it was some sort of wolf or bear. Um, His dog went after a different dog in the neighborhood. I think both the same breed and not like a Pomeranian. Does that make sense? And he goes, I had to, I had to break him up because she went after him and she was going to kill him. And I'm like, you broke up a fight between two pit bulls. He goes, yeah. And I go, there's something wrong with you. And my head coach, I said that. He's like, no, no, no. She was going to kill him. And I go, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. They're dogs. That's how much he cares. So <laughs> he's getting to antibiotics. So anyways, I told Callie the story. And Callie goes, I know. I was in here. He was doing push-ups on his knuckles on a different towel, bleeding all over the place before he went in to get treatment. on his <laughs> Like, and I just looked at him and go, you're out of your mind. And I left. He's out of his mind. And that actually kind of broke that barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Cause then I had that understanding. I'm like, both psychos. You're out of your mind. Dude. No, I did it playing hockey and I just wanted to keep playing I know, hockey. But you're also a psycho. Yeah. yeah. He fought a dog or he broke up a dog fight. So 
other dog that wasn't his didn't get hurt. That's how much he loves dogs. Anyways, love towards. I love dogs. Do you like dogs? You like dogs? He, he, That's a great I, story. I'm very thankful to him. Yeah. I mean, you always had a huge influence on your career and like the way you played the game and what you think about the game. So I think for anybody out there, you know, coaches you have at any level can impact the way you think about the things and not just in hockey, but in life too, like a mentality. Like you said, Brian, earlier, it's a mindset. And a lot well, of it here's from coaches the is a mindset. Here's the, uh, if there's young guys listening, here's the thing. I didn't think he did. I didn't think he liked how he played. I didn't think he wanted anything to do with me. And there was the respect that kind of grew because he did. And that was his operation. So don't think he, oh, coach doesn't like, coach doesn't like me. Just prove him wrong or prove him right. Maybe that's his tactic. Do your best every day. I think that's all. That's, that's kind of, I want that to be clear because that's what he does. If he doesn't doesn't like me, I'm going to make him like me. I'm going to find a way to get this coach to like me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in year four, he goes like me. Yeah. And in year four, he's like, if I didn't talk to you at all, you'd be gone already. I was like, okay. No, I know. (laughs) Like, whatever. I get yelled at all the time, dude. I did since I was three years old. Like, but thank you for telling me that because it does help. Right. Communication, affirmation, validity, all that stuff matters at some point, right? Just not the way you want it, but sometimes the way you need it. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. And wish I had uh, more cool stories like that. Well, I mean, you can't, you don't want to mess up. You don't, (laughs) you don't want to give, uh, you don't want to mess up the goalies too much. No, no. I Um, I got some other ones. Well, all right. So let me ask you this. If you got like five teams or three teams or one one team, even good and bad, that you're like you would want to be the GM of because you you're gonna have sustained success over the yeah. next five years, right? And mm-hmm. it's sort of like creating franchises at this point, but it's like if franchises were houses, what's the most expensive? Yeah. And it's like you know location, square footage, mm-hmm. all that stuff, schooling. All, so it's like pipeline. Yeah. Draft picks, so my, cap, cap situation. Do you know what I mean? Snap decision right now. I would go uh, Jersey, LA Kings, my top two. Um, Dallas is up there. But you got to the ponies, man. You got to the horses. So, like, in spite of their issues, like Rangers, Colorado, you know, uh, but my, my gut reaction, like, if I'm going to GM a team for the next five years, I would say Jersey and LA would be the two teams that I'd like to helm and uh, figure out because I think they have a good, flexibility i think they have good young guys they got good veterans already i think they're on the uprise so it, you know not this year but the next five years those are my two teams i'm taking right now today you got jersey over new york rangers yeah i just think their core zabinajad panarin yeah. Kreider. i think they're older they're in 30 ish territory yeah not that's a bad thing truba they got to pay some guys again, like Lafreniere and Kako still aren't taken care of. Cheadle, Heedle's not taken care of. I think Jersey's got a locked in core Heedle, at a young Heedle's age. In one. Yeah, he is. So um, Jersey has the locked in core. You know what they don't have, though? The goalie. The goalie. The goaler. The goalie. Uh, yeah, but that's easy. You can find Aiden Hill. You can find, you know, you'll find a guy eventually. You'll find him. I'm less worried about the goaltending position then. Because look, I, I mean, how far has Shesterkin gone? How far has Sorokin gone? Like how far? And the anti Niemi won. Bad one. He did. Anti Niemi. Yeah, he won. Um, Corey Crawford. No disrespect. Great goalie, but not like a headlining goalie. You know, um, dude, he was nasty these, in the playoffs. All, 
nasty in the playoffs. He was. So that's what I mean. You got to like, find the right guy. You got to find the, the only right reason they beat us in 15 <clears throat> was because of him. He was. He was very underrated in that team. I'll give you that. But he wasn't like an elite top yeah. tier, you know, top, top five goalie. I think he was very underrated in his career and played well at the right times. But the goalie yeah. coming from a goalie is probably the least thing I'm worried about because they're cheap and. People are, you know, always looking to move them. So I think you just find the right guy at the right time with a good team. You can win. Um, Do Toronto, you like? I wouldn't want to deal with that headache of those, you know, the cap gymnastics and paying those guys. Boston, love the culture, but, you know, if they can hands. figure out next year, if they can figure out next year, dude, mm-hmm. Toronto. Yeah. I got to see more has, out of them. Though. I think he got five years. Yeah. But again, Jersey's won as many playoff series as they have. The know, there's 10 no years, goalie. So. There's also no goalie. Yeah. And Jersey has nothing yeah. to figure out. Here's my question to you. Yes. If Arizona was in good financial standing with a good building and a place where people yeah. went to, it, they'd would be they be high on your list? Top five? Maybe? They'd be higher. They'd be top 10 for sure. Not about top five, but they'd be, uh, they'd be in the mix. They have a ton of draft picks, desirable location, good young core. Um, not enough in the back end for me. I don't know who they have on defense, but uh, promising to say the least. So they'd I, be like my the top dur- I like the I Dursey. I like Sean Dursey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like him. Sure. I mean, I like a lot of things too, but um, Anaheim? you don't marry something. You're, you don't marry something you like. Uh, again, we're talking, we're talking five, 10 years out here. So I think for the next five years, I would LA Jersey and maybe throw Carolina at me still. I still believe in them. And I think they're getting older, but I like the way they play. And give me Colorado too, I guess, too, because just give me the star power. You get the best three of the two of the best five players in the league. I'll take that any day mm-hmm. and go with it. I like Anaheim. I know you do. I know you're your fanboy Anaheim. I get it. You just want to go to Disneyland and ride all the rides. I get it. No, I hate California. I right. like Anaheim. But Brian, have, have the people know how many Disney songs you know by heart? Listen, I listen to it every day in the car. Don't even this is before kids, though. In college, you knew a lot of. Well, Disney there's songs. new ones now, and I also know them. <laughs> okay, just making sure that people know your your wide range of talents. You're not just a hockey guy. You're a uh, you do Disney underrated uh, sycophant. Tommy Chinaman here, <laughs> the greatest showman. Oh, do we talk about this already? Oh, do uh, we? Yeah, yeah, we, we have. Yeah, yeah, it's electric. Zach Efron, Hugh Jackman. They are. Uh, I mean. Just uh, bangers. Just uh, we watched it by accident on a Valentine's Day one year, and it blew us away. <laughs> You're I was welcome. Like, I could sing this. I could sing the soundtrack the rest this of the my life. Yeah, dude. It. We go down. Yeah. yeah. This is me. The one where she's like, you know, singing Beard about lady. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm all. I saw. We were in. Uh, we were practicing in El Segundo there, or uh, wherever they Kings practice. Yeah, El Segundo. Road trip. Yeah, we were on the one rink, and on the other rink, there was like an Olympic figure skater. I forget his name. Not the, not Johnny, the flam, really flamboyant one. Brian um, Boitano? <laughs> close. The Brian Boitano of that era. And he was skating to that slow song from Greatest Showman. I was like, ah, oh, hell yeah. What slow song? Um, was that Efron and Zendaya? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Anyways, he was doing his entire routine to that song. I was like, this is going to win gold for sure. Just for the song choice alone, dude. What a movie! Um, yeah. So I mean, I sing, I sing my one million dreams, night, uh, a million, a million dreams, a million dreams at at night when I'm yep. up every night. Yep. Da, 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 night I lie awake. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Anyways, 
on tour, you and me. I, I, I didn't think I'd be singing on this show, so I'm going to try to. We're singing, baby. I need that thing, that thing that goes in front right here. So yeah. You, yeah, the screen. Yeah, exactly. So you the sound screen. better than you do? Yeah, uh, so it's spitting all over it. All right, wrapping up. Yeah, I got a flight Quick. to Florida in the morning, Bri. So, well, you know, dude, listen, I got twins. So anything you have, mine's worse. <laughs> are we on the network this week together, by the way? Uh, the sixth. What are you doing? I'm the sixth. I, I am think, uh, five, six, seven. NHL. Now. Yeah, I'm just six. Okay. All right. So, so I will see you together. Maybe on the sixth, depending. Yeah, I got to look at the schedule again, but it looks Hold like on. that might be the case. You sent me the photo. Yeah, me and you. Five, six. Uh, December 6th, me and you, Corey Schneider, Brian Boyle on NHL Now. You're on Monday. Um, I was supposed to do Tuesday, but they bumped the show for some American League game or something. Or <laughs> some, I don't know. And then... Uh, hey, don't knock the American League, man. Not. It, it's some game that's on at 4 o'clock. I don't, it's not... I'm not knocking it. I want I you're not. I know everyone you're to watch not. all the hockey. So sensitive. Um, so you're going to Florida. What else? What do you got this weekend? Uh, that's it. I'm flying down tomorrow, doing the game Saturday, and come back Sunday. So it's uh, going to get sunburned for sure. Just walking up. Dude, the you're going Friday. Come back to. <laughs> so I'm doing Rangers games. I'm literally December 16th. I'm driving to TD Garden and sitting in a truck and doing the game. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love to. You get that. two hotel nights. Yeah. Bonvoy points. You get two nights at Bonvoy. Do I do get the Bonvoy? See, <laughs> I don't get the two nights. I got to get home. Twins. Yeah, I know, I know, but I don't go as much as you do. So you know, this people is, don't know this. People don't know this. You don't go to yeah. you don't go to beer league and stay till two, and your wife calls you. No, no, I don't. Forty five. She touched... called me. Lauren called me last <laughs> night at twelve forty five in the morning. Hey, I was like, what? What? What's up? She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm at the rink. I, you know where I am. She was. It's almost you're retired. One. She was almost one in the morning. I don't know. It isn't. And she goes, okay. She hung up <laughs> and I didn't even go home. Right back in the room and had another beer. He still walked into your house that night. The doors, they weren't locked and the locks weren't changed on you. He just able to stroll right in. It would be tougher to change the locks that late. It night. would be a lot of work. It would be a quick turnaround. I just thought I got out. I was good to go. <laughs> couple goals. I got a hall pass. Got a, a hall pass. Couple. Brian, I haven't put my skates on since April 13th when I played my last hockey game. So I'm not sure about men's league right now. All right, but when we play the Rangers Islanders alum- alumni game, if you play, oh, I'm in, I'm in. You should play, for- play forward though. I will. I have sworn off my goalie pads unless it's something really cool. So I'm hoping this to embarrass isn't myself. That cool. Yeah, this out. isn't that cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's maybe not worth it. But unless we do like a promo when this pod explodes, yeah. <laughs> we'll do live live betting when we have our DraftKings sponsorship, <laughs> I could score two breakaways <laughs> out of six on you. Punch nights. Oh, just I, like po- I was gonna diving po check at you. Yeah, I do them. I still head up all the way. I don't have to go fast. It's right. Cool. right. You can score two on six. I mean, we were both playing, so I'm pretty sure it should be like one. If I could get zero, I could get zero on ten. Also, I know how Jesus. it is. I know how it goes. Hey, I we, gotta it. Yeah. we gotta figure out the number. So DraftKings was the sponsor. Um, <laughs> I'm going to the BC Northeastern game tomorrow night with the Bay State Breakers. 2015 hockey team. Oh my god, 62 people. I might send Wyatt up with you. I might just shuttle him home and have him go to the game with you, just to tack on to that. So he's, he's Declan, when, he, when Declan was five on Devos, he was on the Northeastern Huskies. That was their team because Jimmy Russo was the coach. Yep, I remember that. And he's Shout on out Jimmy. 
he he's like in the room today talking about how he wants the Northeastern to win. And I'm like, oh. you're walking home. Nope. That's, like with NHL teams, I kind of let him pick whoever. This one is non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. No. And he's like, dad. But then he also, it's confusing for him because he goes, dad, what if BU wants me to play for them in college? I'm like, dude, I'd be, I'd be psyched. <laughs> you can go there all you want. If they're offering to pay for you, go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> take that money. <laughs> Like, take that bag, bro. So he can't understand that. And I'm not going to be like, well, it's really unlikely that any of this ever happened. So, no, no, he can't do that. He's got to understand. Yeah, by the way, Santa, the dream, you know, the dream is real. And also the Easter Bunny. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing Friday, game Saturday. And then uh, nothing Sunday. I'll see you at church. Take me to church. Hozier, electric live, by the way. So I recommend anybody go see him. We did um, that last episode too. We did. I'm just going to keep plugging it until everyone gets it through their heads. Tommy, what do you got for the weekend? Yeah. Uh, we got grade one hoops Saturday morning. Learn to skate. Nice. Um, Pilgrim? Bavis Arena, the skating club of Hingham, though. They've been wonderful so Bavis far. Arena in Rockland, Mass. Nice little barn. Okay. That's pretty much it. Little hoops. It's good. Get the hands going. Yeah, I always said grade one like a true Canadian, not first grade. I say it too, man. I say grade one, grade three. I didn't even notice I said it. Oh, I've got to, I'm going to go to grade one and write a test day. I think I'm going to have an app and uh, put my runners on and pay the hydro bill. Eh? No, no, I think grade when they're in youth, you can say that to grade eight. Okay. And then it's like, yeah, first, the South Shore, I say that. yeah, the headers of Marblehead, we say first grade, like real people. So you guys, you oh, what, are the magician, what, what are the magicians say? Fucking doing magic tricks. I don't know. They're going to blow your mind. This has been an episode of One Time All-Stars, hosted by Brian Boyle and Corey Schneider, produced by Tom Sullivan. For more information about One Time All-Stars, you can find us on social media or drop us a line at onetimeallstars at gmail.com. Oh.